0: The
1: volume. Oral Sessions is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Oral Sessions with your girl, Renee Paquette. We have an incredible episode here today. Uh, I'm very proud of this interview. I'm proud of what we were able to do and the conversation we were able to have. Uh, Joining me today on the podcast is none other than Gabby Tuft, former WWE superstar. Tyler Rex recently came out as transgender and took the time to sit down with me on the podcast, um, answer all of my questions, tell us about the journey of what she's going through. I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit nervous going into this podcast, just afraid that maybe I was going to say the wrong thing or stumble over my words or, you know, I just didn't want to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. And Gabby made my job so easy by kind of taking my hand and helping to educate me as we're all growing and learning during all this. So thank you so much to Gabby and thank you for just being so honest and open and your guard was completely down. I appreciated the entire thing. It was really, really great. Just wanted to give a bit of a heads up before this interview actually starts, uh, we just for a trigger warning, there is a, a brief conversation about suicide. So just wanted to give a little shout out here to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Their phone number is 800-273-8255. Um, they're available for chats on their website for that phone call. If, uh, if anybody feels that they are in need, they're available 24 hours. And the Trans Lifeline Hotline, it's a peer support phone service that's run by trans people for our trans and questioning peers. They believe that some of the best support the trans people can receive is from the trans community members with their shared life experiences. So their number in the U.S. is 877-565-8860. And in Canada, it's 877-330-6366. Their website is translifeline.org. All the resources are there and available to anybody that might need to hop on and and have a chat. Um, But here's the interview. I really hope that you guys enjoy it. Keep your ears open, keep your eyes open, keep your hearts open and enjoy this conversation with Gabby Taft. I'm so happy that you were able to make it here and be on the show and we could have this conversation and you're in Texas and there's snowstorms and all sorts of things happening.
0: There is a lot going on. I'm so glad that the power's on and that I'm able to be here with you on this amazing podcast.
1: Hell yeah. Um, I mean, I guess first things first, how are you feeling? I mean, what a crazy, I guess like two weeks for you. How do you feel now?
0: I feel great. It's been a Probably the most freeing two weeks of my life when the news hit, it was like the fifth, I think, or the fourth when the news hit, I felt liberated. I didn't have to hide anymore. I could walk outside. My neighbors were just waving like, hi, Gabby, good to see you. And so the hiding was over. Like It was like my prison sentence was over.
1: That's so amazing to hear. Cause I mean, I can only imagine the weeks leading up to you making this big announcement. What was that like for you? I mean, I'm sure that must've been a whirlwind of so many different emotions before you could finally just be here as your true self.
0: That countdown I did on Instagram was something that I just, I felt so moved to do. Like I've got a very artistic side and it was so deep and it was like, I was letting go of the last bit of mail that I was attached to. And so by posting those countdown photos, I was able to just relate to the world, all the incredible things I had learned as a male throughout my whole life. And I just felt like it was a wonderful opportunity to share And every night. When I wrote the post, I would just be a sobbing mess of tears, happy tears. Like I was letting go of Gabe and, and welcoming Gabby in. So it was, it was good. But Hey, I'll I'll tell you a quick secret though, that I don't think anybody knows. I posted it on my stories recently, but I don't think like everybody picked up on it on countdown photo 10, nine, and eight. I hid a picture of me presenting female in the eyes on 10 and eight. And then also in the helmet visor on the motorcycle picture. So she was always there.
1: I saw that on your stories and you're like, if you look close, you can see it. And I was like, wait, what? And I was like trying to zoom in on things and like really trying to like decode everything. So did nobody figure that out while you were posting those? Nobody saw it.
0: You would have to have known it was there and zoomed way the heck in on the eye and like known what that photo looked like. It was because you mentioned, you know, I was in a whirlwind of emotions. I was bursting at the seams. I've been waiting. Gosh, since early December, I, That the coming out video I filmed in early December, I was going to go and just let that, let that go just to control the narrative. But then my news kind of got to the right people and we realized there was a much bigger platform. So here I sat for almost two months, just like I am going nuts. So I just kind of snuck that in there.
1: That must (laughs) have been like burning a hole in your pocket to be like, I'm ready to do this. I filmed it. I guess all of the important crucial people to let them know they all knew, but to make it public to the world, that must've been so hard to hold on to, especially when you've really already come to, to terms with everything and want to put it out there.
0: It's like the ultimate kayfabe, but like...
1: You <laughs> Kayfabery to the max.
0: Like you can't tell anybody.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you already had your hand in the kayfabe world. You know how to keep a good secret. Um, what was the reaction from your friends and family?
0: Well, before the news broke, I had slowly told everybody one at a time. And as hard as it was for me to tell my friends and family, which it, it seemed like this huge mountain I had to climb. It seemed impossible when I was preparing to do it, but the reaction was just overwhelming love and support. Just the same thing that we've seen since I've gone public where it's just an outpouring of love from the entire world. It was the same way with my parents, the same way with, gosh, I told Brandon and Howard from Body Spartan first. They're like my best buddies and they just Open armed it. And later that night I told Brian cage and same thing. He was like, I don't care. I love you, man. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you want to be Curveball, but Hey, I love you. So that was just, that was it. Just love and support from everybody.
1: The next time you're watching basketball, I've got the perfect way for you to get in on the action for free. I'm talking about NBA in play. It's absolutely free to play on the FanDuel app and features all the fun of live betting. NBA in play turns every quarter of every game into a free contest where you can win real cash prizes. So while you're watching the game, all you have to do is predict the outcome of plays and game props before they happen to claim your share of the prize pool. Best of all, a new contest starts every quarter of every game, giving you even more ways to win. FanDuel is the exclusive home for NBA in play. So the action's always available right at your fingertips on the FanDuel app. The app is so easy to use and it takes less than two minutes to sign up. And it doesn't matter where you live or where you're traveling to because NBA in play is available in every state. Don't miss your shot. Get in the game and download the FanDuel app to start playing NBA in play today. I really commend you and your wife, Priscilla, on the way that you've just been handling everything and being so open and honest because you have really been such an open book. And again, to both of you, I think it's really such a cool moment for you to take the time and use the platform and to educate people and take people along for the journey with you as this is all happening. Was there any hesitation for you on being so open with everybody about it all?
0: So that is the crazy part. There was zero hesitation. I had been through so much. I don't even know how to describe it pain, emotional stress, trauma, with just feeling like I couldn't tell the world about this. And I was hiding this for so long when I was ready and I knew that it was going to go public. At that point, I thought I have nothing to hide. The more transparent I am with this, the more I believe it's going to help other people. So not only like other transgender men and women that are suffering the same way I was, but the rest of the world, just having a little bit of insight on how things really are. Because a lot of transgender women, they don't want to show like the, the post I put up what was it two days ago? No makeup, no hair. I'm like, Oh, here we go. Eff it. Let's put this up and just, let's be super vulnerable. (laughs) Cause I want to look like this. And that's what I think every transgender woman would like to present as Is like, here, here's my female side. But knowing that there's this struggle when I get up and I look in the mirror, I'm like, I'm not there yet. I'm getting there. I know the the path is long and I know it's difficult, but I'm going to share it with you guys and girls. And if you can relate Maybe we can save a life
1: and just educating everybody on what the process is like, what you're going through emotionally, what your family's going through. It's like if without having that openness, it does leave so many questions to people or people to jump to their own conclusions or, you know, try to figure things out on their own. So it's really cool that you guys have just been completely transparent about all of this.
0: Thank you. Yeah. And that's the goal. I just, I hope to be as transparent and truthful as possible, answer every question that anyone would ever want to ask and just let it be a flood of information.
1: I love that. So you were talking about just a second ago about saying goodbye to Gabe, to kind of closing that door on that part of your life, moving into being Gabby. But I was listening to your podcast, Her, uh, that you do with Priscilla, and you were talking about the moment that you tried to close the doors on Gabby that you didn't want to have that moment or you were trying to suppress being Gabby. Did you have any of those similar hesitations or that feeling of closing the door on Gabe?
0: I was ready. I was hundred percent ready. I, and again, I think it's really important. We, we talked about this in the podcast and I talked about it on the coming out video, Gabe and Gabby are the same person. It's just the presentation of male or female. So for anybody listening, that's like, oh, Gabe's dead, like Gabe's not dead. Like I'm still the same person. I've just, I'm presenting female and this is my female side. So bringing Gabby, I guess I'm going to use a term into the light and letting her be the presentation. I guess we could say that was the difficult part because I was so fearful and scared of what the world would think which is funny because I always preach like, don't care what people think. And here I am struggling with the thing I preach for years. But when I was ready, I like literally, I thought it was gonna be this long drawn out process where I slowly kind of present a little more here and there and inside, it just felt so wrong. It's like, I need to go all in or nothing. And I was just all in. Like, we cleared out all my boy clothes out of the closet last week. Like, we purged everything. And it wasn't <laughs> just the, oh, we should keep this. I'm like, nope, everything goes. Everything goes. I don't want to see any more boy clothes in my closet at all. I'm done.
1: Hell of a good will drop. Sayonara. Right? Yeah. I <laughs> <We've> gotta go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's like eight bags in the garage just full of my old clothes. <laughs>
1: A large man is going to score off of these clothes. Very lucky, (laughs) honestly. Um, So when did you first start realizing uh, that you wanted to identify as something other than the gender that you were assigned at birth?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. Probably, Probably about three years ago is when we first kind of started experimenting with like me wearing female clothing. But I don't think I really had the desire until it was, gosh, last year during COVID when we had the lockdowns and I was starting to get dressed up every night. And then it was just the pain of taking off the hair, taking off the makeup and realizing I really feel like presenting male was the show and I wasn't living my reality. And it just slowly became harder and harder and harder. And I don't remember the exact day but it was just basically me going, this isn't right. I wanna stay female. Everything feels right and I feel good and I can express myself emotionally. So I would, I would say maybe mid-summer, I kind of had that realization.
1: And how did that conversation first go with your wife? What were your feelings heading into really putting that all out there to her? And I mean, it just seems like she's just such an open and loving person just from what I've gathered from your interviews and the podcast and all that. So safe space and everything, but that, what was that conversation like for you?
0: you know, she had noticed like, Hey, this, you're, you're really, you're really getting into this. Like, this is a thing you're heading that way. And before I had really recognized that this is what I wanted to do, I was fighting it tooth and nail. I was like, no, 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 this is just the thing. It's so, like, I was almost embarrassed and ashamed because, you know, boys, society says boys don't become girls. We don't dress like girls. We don't play with Barbies, you know? So it was this series of conversations where I know I say, I think, but I know she knew. Like she knew deep down inside. And actually, here's how I know. I remember this. She had called her mom and was talking to her and told her mom early on over the summer. And this was disclosed to me later. But she said, this is happening more and more. And I think there's going to be a point when Gabe doesn't come back. I think it's, he's going to stay presenting as a girl. So we had all these conversations. And one day she had mentioned to me about still seeing the the female in her mind in the daytime. And so I took that as like, Oh, you know what? I got to stop this, this crazy fetish. So that was the moment when, like I said, in my coming out video, I went and I tried to kill Gabby where I I shot up a bunch of steroids and I could just feel Gabby's light going out. Cause that's, that's the thing I knew to do was just go be masculine and bury the feminine side. So I got really depressed. Uh, same, same thing because I walked into the, the closet. I think I mentioned this many times in the coming out video I would walk into the closet and I would see my clothes and my wigs. I just got more and more depressed every day to the point where Priscilla noticed and she had to have a a conversation. It was so bad. I was just, I was hard to breathe. It was like there was weight around my, my heart pulling me down. And she just came to me one day and said, Hey babe, is there something you need to tell me? And I kind of shook my head. Yeah. I said, yeah, let's, let's go talk. And so we sat on the front porch. We had fought like the night before or the day before. We had a pretty, pretty good sized argument. So we kind of hashed that out. And it was more of me just apologizing for everything. I was so depressed about everything that I had kind of flown off the handle, so to speak. Yes. <laughs> I was just emotions. I had anger. I had depression. I had sadness. I, I just didn't know what was going on. So when I apologized, it kind of caught her off guard. She's like, oh, okay, something's going on. And she said, what is it you need to tell me? This is a safe space. And I tried so hard to just blurt it out. I knew if I didn't say it, it was it was either that or shoot myself in the head. Like I couldn't go on anymore.
1: You mean that like quite literally?
0: Yeah, literally. I had been through the visions in my head. I didn't want to. My brother committed suicide in 2013. So I know what it does to a family and friends. And I've got my My daughter, she's tried to walk in, (laughs) but I've got my lovely nine-year-old daughter and I've got my wife and here I am thinking like, I can't leave them, but the pain, the emotional pain was so overwhelming thinking that who I really was is stuck inside and I can't be that person. So slowly I had these visions of me just picking up my, I've got so many handguns and other firearms, but like my daily carry is a Glock. And so I, I just would see the Glock and... I would look at it and then I'd see visions in my head of me walking outside to my backyard and putting it to my head and, and pulling the trigger. You know, I've heard stories. It's over before you even hear the, the sound. So it was tell her now or I would have a bullet in my head in a day or two. Wow. And so I told her and she just looked at me and she said, baby, I know I love you. Things are going to change, but we'll figure it out.
1: So amazing to be able to have a relationship like that where you can have that conversation. And as much as you were holding on to that and not sure what was going to happen as soon as it came out of your mouth, but to know that she was there on the other side with open arms and just cares about you as the person, what a relief.
0: Here's why that is so pivotal and why I'm being so transparent. If that had gone a different way, I probably wouldn't be here. And only, God, it was... Two days ago, I got a message and I had been speaking with a person on the internet for about three or four days. They had a cousin who was transgender, trying to transition male to female, had mentioned that this person was having a really difficult time. And I reached out because I saw the comment and I said, so-and-so, please have your cousin message me or please give me her Instagram or whatever it takes. I will message her and talk to her. I'd love to have the opportunity just to, to let her know everything's okay and that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. He had a great three-hour conversation. She watched my coming out video. It sounded like she was back on track. And I said, hey, if she needs to talk, I'm here. I got a message. Like I said, it was yesterday or the day before. And she committed suicide. It was too hard for her. And before I... Not that I could have stopped it. But it's just that's how important support is. And that's how important understanding is. I was hours too late communicating. And I just think if she had heard our podcast or if she had seen a different video or if she had been able to see more transparency, maybe we could have, maybe we could have changed that. And so that's, that's the hope. That's what I really, really want to do. And that's why that support is so important.
1: And, you know, even just from me being able to see on your Instagram, we we obviously have a lot of mutual friends through WWE and being able to see the support that I've seen you get from the wrestling community has been amazing. And I'm sure you weren't sure what the support was going to be like. And that's where it all builds up in your head of like, oh my gosh, everyone's going to say these horrible things to me or people are going to say whatever. But then you get it out there and you're still supported by the love. And I'm sure there's that fear that you're not going to have that on the other side.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. It's huge. You you spin these stories in your head about everybody not liking you or what they might say, rejecting you, kicking you. I mean, there, there are real incidences. And again, I'm parroting things I've heard in the last couple of days in my direct messages on Instagram, where some people were so moved by the story, they decided to come out to their family. And one trans girl, they she had to move out. Her family absolutely would not accept her, but she's free and she's free to live her own life. It's difficult. She even said it was difficult, but she's free. And now she can express herself. It's out there. And if they love her, they'll eventually accept
1: her. 100% it's, you know, sticking to your guns and being able to, to be you find the people that do support you and hoping that other people will turn the corner and educate themselves and listen to conversations like this and listen to the podcast and whatnot. Another thing that I want to look at is kind of going back to, you've been a part of so many different things that are so overtly masculine from WWE to Spartan bodybuilding uh, to the motorcycle racing how did you kind of strike the balance between coming from those worlds to where you're at now? Were you struggling with that during those moments?
0: Yeah. Uh, Body Spartans demographic is 90 plus percent male. So we have upwards of 16 to 20 million views on some of our videos. We've got close to 100,000 customers on our programs and it's like 90 percent male. So, yeah, I was really worried about how that was going to be taken. And what I resolved to do was basically bring in some new faces like I have been. So we've got like Brian cage, who's been a huge face of the company, uh, Mike rabbits, another one. And we've got some the people coming in. We've got some females coming in too, but we, I started introducing these faces early in the year, knowing that I, couldn't be the poster boy if I was going to be a poster girl. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I was really worried about it. And we did, um, you know, there's always going to be some negative, and it's like one or two percent. were just, just couldn't handle it. And left, but ninety-eight percent of the Body Spartan family stuck around. Here's how special it is. I dedicated from 2013 to now, trying to change people's lives through Body Spartan for the better. Beyond fitness, I was trying to motivate them to be their very best self. And we changed thousands of lives with the motivation we put out and and just the ongoing encouragement. And so those people who we had an impact on, they knew my heart and they knew what it means to be yourself. And so they just, yeah, we love you, Gabby. You changed my life. I got your back. And that's how everything was.
1: So it's so amazing. It's so cool to like see that and hear that and and see the way that things are going. So for you coming from from Body Spartan and looking at the success of everything you've been able to do with your own business like that and now onto like the physical side of what you're going through. I mean, again, I was listening to your podcast. I highly encourage everyone to check it out. Um, But you're talking about how you have what, dropped 30 pounds in the past month. Is that accurate?
0: My heaviest, I was 280. And then, so I was slowly kind of losing weight in January 20, last year, 2020, I was 265 and I was 202 about three days ago. So oh, I've lost three wow. pounds. Um, and I, I really started my transition in October of last year. So uh, I was 260, 265-ish when I started recording the weight in October. So October, November, December, so five months, 65 pounds.
1: Wow. Good for you. I mean, thank God you have that, your experience in the body world to kind of know what you have to do. Cause you have to what starve the muscle. Yeah. It's totally right? different.
0: Yeah. Most people want to lose body fat, but I have very little on me. So to, to muscle waste, to go catabolic consistently was a huge change. I was at about 6,000 calories a day, just on an average day just to maintain what I had. I had to go from that. I'm I'm at about 1,200 to 1,500 a day, and then I do an hour of cardio every day. I stop lifting. I want to I want to atrophy the muscle and waste it. As soon as you get blood into the muscle cells, they they stick around. So I'll run on the treadmill for 20 minutes, and I'll go right to the stairs for 40.
1: Wow, that's wild. How long do you think that process will be to kind of get you into where you want to be, or that you start to move into a different type of workout to get your body to where you want to be?
0: I'm going to continue what I'm doing. It's working. It has slowed down a little bit. I've noticed uh, I've been kind of stuck between 208 and 202 for almost a month. It's kind of gone up and down. It's like the (laughs) stock market though. It's it's like kind of doing a trend, but this one's going down instead of up. So I know it's getting there. It just, for some reason it slowed down. I I did notice uh, we switched to Estrogen injections about five weeks ago, and so there's some shifting of body fat and things in certain areas. So I'm thinking I'm holding on to some body fat, which is a good a good thing for me. I need a little more junk.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How do the hormones affect you? How do they make you feel?
0: I am the most balanced I've ever been my entire life. It's beautiful. And coming from someone who's been a male all their life and has had testosterone like normal levels of testosterone, and then really high levels from all the steroids. I know the complete spectrum of emotions as a male and then seeing the spectrum of emotions as a female i am so in touch with my inner self i do cry a lot (laughs) but nine out of ten times they're like really happy tears i get super emotional and grateful for everything i i we do this meditation every morning where we it's actually a tony robbins meditation and he takes us through a 15 minute process where we think about what we're grateful for. And when I really get in the moment and I really think about what I'm grateful for, like the birth of my daughter or my, my wedding day, just these, these monumental moments, like literally every morning I'm crying. <laughs> so, but I love it.
1: Good, you got to get that release out. It, it balances you, sets things right on track. Yeah.
0: I'd held it in for so long. And now I'm like, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to cry it out. And I feel great. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, How have the conversations with your daughter been going? Where's your daughter stand with everything right now?
0: She's fine. Uh, It's so interesting. That's one of the big topics that everybody brings up. Like, how's Mia doing with everything? And I have to be careful because she's asked us to kind of keep her out of the limelight. So that she can have a normal childhood. But. She is just a pillar of support. She has questions and we, we talked to her about them and she's like, Hey dad, when are the surgeries happening? Just so I know. I'm like, well, not yet. You know, when, when we get enough money and things happen, but um, you know, I I've noticed that like a lot of her friends think it's cool. They're like, Oh my gosh, your dad's transgender. That's so neat. Like one of her friends, she came over it was like a month, month ago and she had never seen me presenting female and the she, Mia flung the garage door open and said, Hey, so-and-so's here. And when she saw me, she was like, Oh my God, like she flipped out. So, how uh, <laughs> so much different than when you and our kids, of course. Renee, like, it's, just, it's night and day.
1: Yeah. It, it really is so different. Um, you, I mean, you, you worked at this, at WWE same time my husband did. He was when he wrestled as Dean Ambrose. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. And we were having a conversation about this last night. Cause I was like, man, times are just so different from when we were kids that I feel like our generation of kids, they handle everything and let everything's less judgmental and everything's just like a free for all. And what a relief.
0: It is. I, they're going to grow up in a totally different world. And I know that this next generation that has these kind of feelings, it won't be the struggle that I had. It'll be much easier for them.
1: You kind of briefly touched on it about having the surgeries. Do you have those set up yet? Or you're like waiting to do that? How, what is like that time frame?
0: It can take, uh, up to three to five years for the estrogen to shift fat deposits, to soften the skin, to grow breasts and, you know, in full transparency, like these are just breast forms, like I have little itty bitties right now that are just sprouting. So in order for me to feel a little more feminine, I, I wear breast forms, but As far as the surgeries go, I've spoken with Dr. Harrison Lee's team out in Beverly Hills, and he did uh, Janae Marie's facial feminization surgery. He's done Ledemi's surgery, and the results are just amazing. So I'm pretty stuck on that. I need to save some money. So it kind of depends on when that happens. (laughs) And I want to do it all at once. That's the one thing that the girls have said. If they could go back and do it all over again, they wouldn't piecemeal it because it's so painful. And there's just so, you don't want to go under too many times. And if I could do it one time, I do it all one time. So facial feminization surgery, probably first. The breasts, like, I know I can handle smaller breasts. And I can always wear breast forms if I don't feel like I have enough. Like there's tons of girls that wear chicken pellets all the time.
1: Oh my God. All the time. Hell yeah. Pump them up. <laughs> get it help where you can get it. <laughs> yeah.
0: For me, uh-huh. it's about like the face and then the, the trachea, like my Adam's apple. I'm really conscious of that. Like that's, I get clocked really quickly. Like I know that I'm tall, I'm 6'3", and in heels, I'm 6'7". So it's like people look at me and, and they're going to go, there's something different about her. That's my big thing. So it's like, how much can I, can I do... And, and in what order? I, I honestly don't know. I think breasts will probably be last because they're the least important. But face—I want to feel feminine when I wake up and look in the mirror. Without.
1: Of course. Uh, I don't know if this is a rude question or not, but how much does something like that cost? What is like what is the cost of doing all of
0: this? The average cost of a transition can be upwards of a hundred thousand dollars. and that's not even that's not counting like the the snippety steps. Snip. <laughs> oh my gosh. So that's where my heart really goes out to Yeah, and
1: you're not you're not using like uh Groupon coupons no. for that. you got to <laughs> oh, And
0: also, you know, in this world you get what you pay for too. So Exactly. This is where this whole dilemma comes in where it's like I want to look pretty, but what is pretty? Are you pretty on the inside? Are you pretty on the outside? And how much is necessary to feel feminine? So there's lots of transgender women out there that can't afford surgery. That don't even have the option to pay for it. So they are having to just feel beautiful on the inside and let that radiate. And so that's where my heart really goes out. So it, it's difficult. It's a difficult spot to be in. To to think, oh yeah, you know, do insurances should they cover this? I don't know. Like it's it's opened my eyes a lot of this. It, it's a whole new spectrum.
1: How did you learn along the the journey of this to to really not let other people's opinions get in your way or to just like throw all that stuff to the wayside and you be you. That's easier said than done.
0: Well, like I said, that's what I used to preach and I still preach that, but I think it was literally up until the day I came out publicly, I was nervous and I I talk about it. Gosh, let's see. I don't remember where I talked. Maybe it was a podcast. Maybe it was an Instagram post, but I was nervous every time I go out, whether a neighbor would see me that didn't know what was going on or i go to the grocery store and and try to integrate. And here's another thing. Like you see a trans girl going into a store and you know, you you clock her instantly. And a lot of people think, Oh, what is she doing? Is she trying to make me feel uncomfortable? Is she trying to just like, Hey, I'm here for me. I had to relearn social integration, social behavior patterns. When people would look at me and have a strange look, I needed to understand what kind of looks I was going to get. How I use, do I use my train voice like a little higher or do I use like a lower voice? Do I not say anything? Cause that's a dead giveaway. So all these things. I
1: I would have never even thought about that. Of course.
0: And so then I would tween a lot. I would wear like, you know, I wore tight girl jeans and like kind of like a women's top that was somewhere in between, but no hair, no makeup, but my nails were always done. That was my big thing. That was like, Hey, I'm here. I've got nails. I'm something in between when I would go to the store, I would hide them. And that it's, especially if like some big manly man was around me, I'd get nervous and I just kind of like tuck in and pull my nails in. So there's a lot of fear. And it, it literally wasn't until the day I came out when that extra interview hit. I remember walking out of my house and we went to my neighbor's house because they had cable so we could watch the interview because we don't have cable. <laughs> yeah. I haven't had it in like 15 years but I just, I let everything fly. I, I held my head up. My hair used to be in my face all the time. I would wear a mask. Like even if I didn't need one, I would wear one just because I didn't want people to see my face. And I held my head up high, I pull my shoulders back nails out hair out of my face. And I was, I just didn't care. And from that point on, I have never cared.
1: How has your relationship with your wife changed through all of this?
0: We are closer than ever. It's crazy. We connect on, um, a very deep emotional level that I did not allow myself to feel before. And so many, many days and nights go by where we will sit in the, in the summertime, we have this beautiful front porch. We've got a nice table and chairs out there. We would sit till like three in the morning and just talk. Uh, we would do the same thing at our table, at our kitchen table or at the couch. We'll, we'll sit till just late at night and we'll just talk about Everything, things that I couldn't express as a man, ways that I'm feeling, ways that she's feeling, spiritual things, fun things that happen in our day. And it it has brought us so much closer.
1: That's awesome. I guess as we kind of wrap up here, um, what have been some of the the biggest misconceptions or like preconceived notions that you've seen from people
0: as you made this public? I think the only major misconception or even just an assumption is that I'm gay, they, people will automatically assume that I like guys. I don't, I'm still straight. I love my wife. I'm still, still very attracted to females. Uh, and it, you know, I'm this weird kind of like strange phenomenon where, yeah, you think that most men that decide to transition to females cause they want the full female experience and that they started gay or they were drag queens and they just decided to transition over with me. Nope. Not, not like that. Not like that at all. So. I'm not gay. I'm straight. That is probably the biggest misconception.
1: And what resources have been the most helpful to you throughout this, just to let other people know whether they're going through it or a family member or a friend, what has been the most helpful for you to learn how to talk about this, how to navigate all of this?
0: Interestingly enough, there are just mounds of resources out there. When I started my hormone therapy, the Kind Clinic in Austin, they're a free clinic. It's kindclinic.org. I'm just going to plug them because they were so cool. I don't get anything out of it. They, they've got this huge list of, of transgender resources from counselors to voice training to um, other, other doctors you may need, facial feminization surgeons, uh, you, you name it. They have that. And that was really helpful to know it was there. For, for me, my wife was just huge. She was my, my biggest pillar of support through the whole thing. But the other thing that helped me, which may not apply to everyone, I watched uh, Janae Marie's documentary on Netflix. It's called Transformer. I watched it over the summer. Uh, in her previous, when she was a male, she was a world champion powerlifter. So here's this giant, you know, massive man transitioning to a woman, and now she's just beautiful. And so it gave me hope. It was everything that I had struggled with. I reached out to her and, and sent her this long message like, I think you just saved my life. And so she has literally like been a pillar of support for me. So that, that was amazing. I I would say for somebody starting your transition, if you can reach out and find another transgender woman, or if you're a trans man, somebody that's ahead of you as support, go for it. Like that was the best thing I I could have ever had was just somebody to hold my hand through it.
1: And how has it been for you switching between the pronouns? You know, that's a really good question. I am not, uh,
0: and if we're talking about like people's perception, I don't care my preferred pronoun is, you know, her, she, she, her. I I love to be referred to as female because that's who I am inside. But I fully recognize the rest of the world is transitioning along with me They've known Gabe for 42 years and they've known Gabe as a male. So I've said this before, for me to be offended, if somebody says, dude, man, him, Gabe, I think I would be really shallow. And it's just a thing that people need to adjust to. I have been in the public eye for a long time. And from them just go, oh, her or she or Gabby. I get it. It's going to take time. And to the people that, that do it and try, like some of my friends try really, really hard. And when they make a mistake, like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. And I go, it doesn't matter. I love you. You love me. Just be yourself. It, it'll come in time. I'm not worried about that.
1: That's awesome. Gabby, thank you so much. And before we get out of here, um, I know I've been talking about your podcast, Her, a lot. Give us a little plug on where everybody can hear this.
0: Thank you. It's called Her, the podcast.
1: We had some internet issues here. Again, Gabby's in Texas where the weather's been insane. Um, So she cut out on me, unfortunately. But here's the deal. You guys can check out Her, Search it anywhere that you guys listen to your podcast. You can find it there. Just really great, insightful conversation with Gabby, with her wife, Priscilla, just talking about the entire process, everything that she and her family are going through. Um, I, I just highly, highly recommend it. Uh, you guys can also check out the Trans Lifelines Hotline. It's a peer support phone service. It's run by trans people for our trans and questioning peers. Um, so they believe that some of the best support of the trans people can receive is from the trans community members. And they have all the shared life experiences. So you guys can give them a call if this is something that you need to hop on the phone with somebody about. Uh, the number is 877 565 8860. That's for the United States. And in Canada, it's 877-330-6366. And their website is translifeline.org. Also, just because we had briefly touched on it during the interview, I wanted to give a little plug for the suicide prevention lifeline. Their phone number is 800-273-8255. Um, again, big thank you to Gabby for taking the time to sit down with me and having such an open and honest conversation. I learned a lot. I hope that you guys learned a lot. Nothing but love and respect to Gabby, to her family, to the trans community. Thank you guys so much. Uh, And again, just a little plug for us here. Make sure to check out our YouTube page. You can just check us out. uh, Just under my name at Renee Paquette, P-A-Q-U-E-T-T-E. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, which is also just under my name, Renee Paquette. And all things The Volume Sports, that is the name on both Instagram and Twitter, The Volume Sports. Give everything a follow, a like, a subscribe, a share, all of the above. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me again this week. See you soon.